Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study through the book of 2 Timothy. And I hope you've been enjoying it just as I've been enjoying it. This is just an incredibly powerful, powerful book. And of course, it's going to continue on as we look at verses 8 through 10 today, really focusing in on 9 and 10, but I might touch just a little bit on verse 8. There's just so much truth that is packed into this chapter and into these verses. So let's go ahead and let's get into it by reading, of course, chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And it says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him until that day, which are in Christ Jesus. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know all, that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phagellus and Hermogenus. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously, and he found me. The Lord grant him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. We see here verses 8 through 10, it says this, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. We see here in verse 8 just an important truth. I'm going to just touch on this truth quickly, uh, but it is important. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy not to be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of, of his prisoner, um, but to share in those sufferings according to the, uh, to the power of God, uh, for the gospel according to the power of God. And this is, this is just so important to go and to understand. You are not to be ashamed of the testimony of God. You know, where God has spoken to something, don't be ashamed of it, Christian. 
Don't be ashamed of it. And don't be ashamed for those who are receiving persecution from the world, who are being treated poorly by the world for going and standing for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed and don't be ashamed of the gospel, of, uh, of the testimony of God, or of those who are being mistreated by the world for the sake of the gospel, uh, for the sake of the testimony of God. You, you know, that, that is one of the, the more frustrating things I know from, from standing and speaking out is that sometimes there are Christians who, who they go and they will hold to very similar doctrinal statements as you, or maybe even the same doctrinal statement as you, and they'll, they'll come out and they'll be ashamed, even though it's, it's a principle that's written right there in their doctrinal statement, uh, and, and they'll be ashamed of you when you stand out and you speak out for the truth of the gospel. You know, it might just not be winsome enough. It, it might just not be be nice enough in the delivery or, or you know, did you really have to speak out in that point in time? Well, yeah, yeah, you did. Somebody had to speak out. And, and here we see right here in verse 8, it says, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or of the prisoner, Paul or those who are, are suffering for the sake of the testimony of God. But I really want to focus in here this morning on verses 9 and 10. And verse 9 says this, "...who has saved us and called us with a holy calling." Now, this is important to understand. When God saves us, He saves us from sin. He doesn't save us to sin. And, you know, the Apostle Paul is, is telling this to Timothy, his spiritual son, the pastor at Ephesus, the person who he has discipled, and he has this, uh, this discipleship-type relationship with him. And I think this is important to go and to understand. This is something that we constantly have to remember and remind people of. He has saved us, and he has called us to a holy calling. It's not just that he saves us and we get a ticket out of hell. But it's that there is a higher call. There is a call that is to holiness. There is a putting on of the life that God gives us. There is to be an understanding that sin brings death and that we are to go and to be against sin. We're to be fighting the flesh, fighting the devil, fighting sin, and standing for righteousness. The salvation that God brings comes with a holy calling. It's a holy calling. Now, it's not according to our works. It's not that you're saved through your works. Because what, what is the first thing? I, I know because I've been accused of this a million times. What's the first thing that comes up right after you go and you say, yeah, you're saved, but you also got to act holy, is that everybody goes, oh, works-based salvation. No, it's that God is actually calling you to something. He's calling you to righteousness. You, you know, people go, oh, I'm justified. Well, do you know what that means? Well, just as if I never sinned. Well, yeah, that's a nice way to remember it, but that's not the actual definition. The actual definition of justification or being justified, it's to be declared righteous. And I want to tell you something. God doesn't lie. God doesn't lie. But I, look, I, I mean, when, when he, yes, he saves us and then he cleans us. I understand that. I'm not saying that there's never going to be sin in your life. Far from it. I, I've never preached anything of of the sort. But like, let me let me just say this because this is important to understand. 
if your life didn't get changed when you met Jesus Christ, you didn't meet Jesus Christ. That's the reality of it. He changes lives. He's a life changer. That's what he does. He saves you. You, you become new. You pass from death to life. He saves us with the holy calling. Not according to our works. We're not saved by works. But it, it, it is according to his own purpose and grace. This is important to understand, too. It's according to his grace. The good works that he gives you to do, the purpose that he has for your life, that's a gracious thing. Because it says this, to his own purpose and grace, which he has given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Did you know that before time began, before sin ever entered the world, God had good works and a purpose planned for your life? And even though sin entered the world and sin entered into your life, he still wants you to fulfill that purpose. Isn't that incredible to think about? God had something for you to do way back then, before Adam was even on the earth, before Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, before mankind fell. God had good works for you to do. He had a purpose for your life. And he still wants you to walk in it. Wow. The question is, are you just going to receive the benefits there of that salvation that we see? Just the benefits uh, of going and saying, look, I, I just want the, the get out of hell free card, uh, but I, I don't want any of this holy calling stuff. I don't want any of the, uh, the, the purpose that he has for my life. I don't want any of the grace. Which, by the way, you ever met anybody who is saved you know, outside of grace? No. You can't get around it. The good works that God has for your life are, are part of his grace. Not, it's not the works that save. We already established that. I already said that. But you need to understand here, grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. It tells us that in Titus, the next verse or next book over here after 2 Timothy. But it says this in verse 10. But is now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You know, that purpose that he has for us and the grace that he has for us, it's been revealed through the appearing of our Savior. If Jesus wouldn't have appeared, we wouldn't really understand or realize or know what these good works that we have, uh, that God has for us because of the sin-cursed world that we live in. Of course, if there wasn't a sin-cursed world, we would know what God's purpose and plan was for us. But but now we need uh, we need Jesus Christ. We needed God to, to come and put on flesh. We needed Emmanuel to come here. And that's that's what Jesus Christ did. And it says this here uh, that uh, who has, this is what Jesus has done, because this is just phenomenal to understand. He says he abolished death. You, that word abolished in the Greek, it means completely idled death. Isn't that awesome to stop and think about? He has completely idled death. Whoa. You know, death is a big thing. It's a major thing. It entered uh, the, the world through disobedience to God, and it is something that plagues man. 
And it is something that, that, that will impact your life, ironically. Death impacts your life in multiple ways. One, because you will one day die if, if the rapture doesn't come. You will one day die. And so, therefore, it impacts how you live your life at some point in time. But the other thing is, is that other people's deaths impact your life. I mean, this is one of the most impactful things upon our lives. And yet Jesus comes out here and this is what the apostle Paul says. He abolished, he completely idled death. I mean, it's like he neutered death. That's what it's saying. Whoa. Death, where is your sting? Well, why can we say that? Well, it's because he has brought life and immortality, or never-ending life, to light through the gospel. He's illuminated the way to everlasting life, and of course, that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Wow. We serve a great God. But this morning, I want to just encourage you of two things. One, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or those who are suffering because of the testimony of the Lord. And two, you've been saved. If, you, if you've been saved, you also have a holy calling. Put on the good works of God. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. Trusting in faith, even now while you wait, lift up a victory shout. Though you may not yet see it, you can believe it, the work is already begun. Know that God's up to something.